This case is talking to us. I'm a peacock, Captain. You gotta let me fly on this one. You know what, Terry? Let's just settle this. Peacocks don't fly. They fly. They fly a little. They yeah. get a real running About as start. much as a penguin. One more thing. Do me a favor. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Is that accidental, or are you trying to quote TLC on purpose? I don't even understand the reference. everybody, welcome back to another episode of College Football Uncensored, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host, Tyler Huck, and with me as always, my co-host, Chris Marler. Chris, you look great in that tracksuit. Thank you. It's actually full body. So, Is it? Just one piece? Yeah, just one giant piece. There's a zipper right here. It goes all the way down to my anus. Um, <laughs> so, no, what do you it's, mean? Uh, it like goes all the way around? Like a, You know, like a I didn't think it through. I don't really want to. Okay, all right. All right. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, of course, have been – I'm packing because I'm moving soon, so I'm trying to figure out, like, um, what four pieces of clothing I want to continue to wear for the next couple of weeks because I've only been wearing, like, five total for a year. So, uh, Are you moving soon or no? I just said that. How soon? <sighs> Within, like, two weeks. I'm excited. It should be fine. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. All right. Uh how was your weekend? We got we might be seeing each other this coming weekend. So which, I look at the set list, it's not great. Yeah. What so what is the, what is your your bay saying here in the chat? She's a, she also all in trouble? the chat. No. Um, um oh, that's nice. They're watching it. Fidu. Oh, cool. Anyway. Are you asking what I did this weekend? I got real, real drunk on on Friday. Yeah, so I, I I saw this text or this tweet that you put out. I actually didn't see a text, which is which is funny because of what you tweeted, which is that you know you got really drunk. I think you tweeted on Saturday. You're like, I got really drunk last night, and I texted like all my best friends that I love them. I didn't it's not exactly how I phrased it. It didn't sound that aggressive. I was just saying I got real drunk last night, and if I texted you, I love you, probably meant it. Um, I mean, yeah, what you said is pretty. Yeah, I didn't get a text though, which was off putting. You know who got a text was Doring. Um, and he was like, Are you okay? The amount of are you okay text that I got back the next day was not great. I was like, Hey bro, proud of you and all your accomplishments. And he's like in Hawaii. I'm like I'm like in general admission seating at a concert for 17 year olds. And he was like, Are you is everything okay? And I was like, I just want to let you know I'm proud of you because I know you need my affirmation. Um <laughs> Yeah. I went and saw churches, my favorite band. Yeah, I know of them. I don't know a ton of their music. I did think that it was maybe for maybe the female variety or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know a lot about the band. I'm sorry. It's 2022. Um, no, but like, I mean, there was people our age there, a handful. So in the chat, if you uh, listen to churches, let us let me know. Carson Becker in the house. Uncle Chris and T-Hug back on the scene. Love to see yeah. that. Uh, James Spivey in the house. We got Liz in the house. Eddie Booza. I don't know if you saw this. Booza says, why are we both so attractive? Over under on pounds lost between the hosts. If he, from Since when? From your peak. My peak was in college. So we well, have gained peak, a like recent life. peak. Like recent. Oh, like, peak weight? Like yeah, height? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what? First, first giveaway. If you can correctly guess how much I weighed, 
at the highest last year. You will oh, win a sticker. I'll forget to send off. At your highest? Don't, I don't, it could you be know what? Very offensive just on the chat. Yeah. I personally, it. well, I, I, I'm not, no longer at what I got lowest to, but I'd say from my peak, I lost about 30 and then I probably regained another 10. So I'm about 20 pounds down from my peak. Chris went from left tackle to fullback. Um, <laughs> 245? Oh. It was bigger than that? <clears throat> Significantly. 275. 273. Wow. Yeah. It was not good. Are we going to reveal the current weight or? I haven't weighed myself. I, there's a reason this thing is at an angle and I'm wearing all black in my onesie anal suit. That is not what I meant. I meant the a- anus zipper. We got to, I got to fucking. All right. Well, we got, <laughs> we got two set. Uh, Nicholas Moore got it. 273. I think it was about four minutes after you said it, but it's all good. good job, Nicholas Moore. All right, we want to talk a little recruiting at the start of the show here. Then we're going to get into our five burning questions that we have for SEC mm-hmm. teams. We have not shared these, so I'm praying that we did not pick the exact five same teams. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk a little national ball as well. We're going to get into some fourth and wrong at the end. I'm excited, Chris. Why did you want to talk recruiting? Was it to brag about Bama's recent success? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, we can, um, <laughs> but like, did you notice this weekend that there was like a minimum four different fan bases that were like, Oh, I thought so-and-so didn't know how to recruit. I was like, yeah, well, the only people that thought that was your fan base. I, I mean, I even did it to be honest. Um, it's yeah, true, it was a big, so true. And also there's still, they, we talked about this a while back. They whittled it down to like 16, five stars roughly i don't know three days after i spent all that time on that stupid deep dive and my conspiracy theory about about blue chip recruits um so that was a giant waste of time but they everything i saw this weekend they were still all four and five stars so bam i got a couple guys I, i think it was just a big big recruiting weekend yeah bama like everyone thought that richard young kid was gonna go to oregon like he was getting like the the crystal balls the day after, man, Saban just came in and said, you know what? I'm really not fucking around this year. Do you think that I would have let a potential Bama commit go to Oregon? Oh, you are you like in the NIL game now? Yeah. Like using- I mean, I'm, so I got some baseball cards. I just traded them in. A um, couple Lego sets. So Petey, um, the dead bird from the apartment complex. Yeah. No. <laughs> but like the fact that people – I mean, people in the Bama's like in the Bama media were even saying, like, has Saban lost his touch? Is the game too far gone for Nick Saban? Um, Georgia fans are freaking out about Kirby. Kirby is moving forward, arguably still a better recruiter than Saban. I don't know. I, I, Saban, I think, obviously he's getting great players, but also at the same time, he's like seems like he's making a real effort to take the best players out of Georgia this year. The top six players overall in the state are all committed elsewhere. And you, I mean, you have to ask yourself if this is Stetson Bennett's fault. And was it, did they waste money on this new contract for Kirby? Oh my God. This is, I <laughs> <laughs> love um, it. I cannot wait for this season to start. It starts this month, everybody. It's August 1st. Yep. This month, uh, we get college football. Did you know, like, you guys did a, at FSU, y'all did a, like a water balloon fight? Yeah. 
How many injuries were sustained to the offensive line after that? I mean, it had to be at least three. <laughs> Given uh, recent history, yeah, you're probably right. That was uh, recruits, not the team. Oh, well, I mean, either way. It's okay. I just assume that... that well, it's not factual in the way of narratives, bro. <laughs> I, I just assume DeAndre Francois caught, like, a stray and, and probably, like, a torn rotator cuff. Hey, I'll honor to his name, RIP. He's not dead, but he died that night in, in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's fair. Um, purposes. Dark has been the most impressive. Oh, Sark. Yeah, Sark has been really impressive, too. Here's my question to you, though. You saw A&M do a barbecue pool party? Sure. Did you not see that? No, I mean that's what that's what they do now, right? The barbecues. Yeah, but it was like a it was a pool party. At Jimbo's house? No, it was like at, at Kip's. Oh Kip's Kip. apartment complex. Love Kip. Yeah, we all do. We um, need Kip on the show. We could you think we, you think he'll help us preview Texas AM? I just assume he's at a fucking Chick-fil-A working the drive through. So he can't be that busy. Um, no, so they, they had that. I think Georgia had their junior day where they did like a slip and slide. A lot of water-themed activities. Right. I don't know what Bama hot, did. Hot out there, Chris. You know, dead heat, July. I mean, we, we could use the rain. Right. So which one of those is your favorite, though? I mean, personally, I think I'd love to go with the uh, the water slide. Honestly. Like, is it a slip and slide? It's slip and slide. And it was indoors. Indoor slip and slide. Yeah. That changes my my answer. I think I'd just rather go to a pool. I don't know about like a lot of activities. I'd rather yeah. just be relaxing. Vandy just did like a like a what do you call it? Ice bucket challenge on like one kid and that was it. Just poured poured like a, a lead, like a liter of water on somebody. That was all they could afford. It was pretty bad. James Spivey's standing hard for the Chick fil A drive through people here. Um, <laughs> can't argue that. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, no, I I feel like these days recruiting is basically like fifty to sixty percent of all. No, I'd say even higher than that. Seventy five percent of kids are already committed by the time the season rolls around. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not this end of season, especially because the the recruiting dead period started today. Super important visits to get in for your top targets. I feel like if you're not getting guys on campus that weekend, they're probably not coming into your school. Right. That's fair. If you can impress them with water balloon fights and snow cones, then let's do it. Snow cones. Um, Did you see Big Cat Weekend in Auburn? Were you impressed by any of that? I did not see Big Cat Weekend. What what, what went down there? I mean, so they, they, I mean, got a couple of commits. um, But they do this every year. And so I don't really know what all it entails, but Harson was tweeting out, um, stuff all weekend. I think I tweeted something way early in the morning. I was like, Harson sounds like the horniest coach in America. And then deleted it. It was not my best. <laughs> not my best. Um, but no, I, I just thought it was interesting because like every single one of these fan bases has been kind of freaking out. And um, you saw guys go to South Carolina. You saw guys go to Auburn, A&M. I mean, A&M had a couple guys. You had Malachi Nelson, the kid for, uh, who's committed to USC. Um visit uh, A&M for the weekend. Then you had yeah, people oh, that, that close to USC freaking out that the entire class was going to fall apart because it's only dependent on that kid. Yeah, he was committed to Lincoln at Oklahoma first. Oh, and he is a California kid. And so when Riley moved over, it probably made a lot of sense. I thought it was very interesting. Usually, look, recruiting is an insane game these days. Right. I mean, you're never – like when 
I'm sure maybe Bama and Georgia and Ohio State probably feel a little more different, but like as a Florida State fan where we struggle with recruiting, when a kid commits, I don't even get excited anymore because I'm just like, okay, this I mean, this kid's probably not gonna end up in the class if we're being honest here. But quarterbacks Especially, uh, you know, someone with that momentum, it's apparently USC's NIL game is top notch. Um, to, to see their prized recruit go out and visit other schools is interesting. Especially, it's not like he's going to visit, uh, no offense to College Station, but it's not like he's like going to like some other cool beach or some crazy cool college town. I mean... I don't think there's a lot of attraction in College Station. You've been of the- negative as shit to start this show. What? Is College Station some great pl- destination I need to get to? I mean, if they got eight five stars, I would assume it's got to be pretty good. But um, yeah. well, we'll move yeah. on from recruiting. It was uh, yeah. I, I thought it was a pretty interesting weekend just in general because you saw a lot of movement in the SEC. Um, I, I was on radio with Andy Staples and Chris Budden on Friday, and – I made the comment that uh, I didn't think Harson was going to be on the hot seat. And Andy Staples proceeded to give me nothing but facts as to why I was wrong um, and reminded me that he was already on the hot seat, hot seat this calendar year, um, which that was a pretty good point. point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really argue that. Um, but no, like one of the things he was bringing up, they were ranked like 72nd in recruiting and they jumped up like a whole bunch. Florida, same way. Like they jumped up a bunch. Like, I don't know. I just yeah. think it's it's too early to to worry about all that. But I thought it was interesting that you you're starting to see all these people, kind of, um, like the classes take shape and the transition out of that. I'll say is again going back to our buddy Doring. Um, he brought up the point last week that he thinks Florida has become the worst fan base in the SEC based off of expectations, the way they have handled uh, Napier's first couple of months. He said it on. Um, Craning Co., which is the like what J Boy has um, transitioned into, and I, I mean he's from there. He was a Florida fan his whole life, and then and then played there. Like, what are your thoughts on that? What just, just him saying that Florida fans are the worst, basically? Yeah, and like taking your your fucking fandom aside. Well, no, I look if you hyper focus on any one team. And you follow mm-hmm. a lot of their accounts, both, you know, the beat writers, but then also like fans of the school, like you just get entrenched. And remember, we always say Twitter is just like a fake place. Like, yeah, it's not real. It's real people well, for the most part. Um, but but it's like five percent of the population. You know, it's like it's like right. the loudest voices that are not necessarily the biggest opinions, like or the most uh, widespread opinion. Right. And so when you get interested in that, like I used to do that with Florida State, like it's toxic as hell. Like mm-hmm. people just like bashing these players and like bashing the coaches and like tweeting at the players, like insane stuff. And then the, the players retweet it and be like, all right, man, whatever. Like, so you could think that your own fan base is toxic as hell just by being a hyper fan of that, that fan base, you know, right. or that school. You know what I mean? So I'm not surprised to hear a Florida alum say that kind of stuff because he probably is entrenched in the Florida stuff Florida, look, I, you know, obviously bias aside, I think I I've never liked Florida fans, but look, they're passionate. Just like a lot of the fan bases in the sec. And you yeah. can say a lot of fan bases are the worst when it comes to the sec. So, wow. Okay. I don't know. That's my thoughts. What are your I thoughts? Like I mean, I just think that it's every fan base. 
Yeah. It's every fan base. I think it's been hyper focused and, and gotten worse over time. Like one one point, like maybe maybe the only fan base that hasn't been crazy negative with expectations is probably South Carolina. Vandy. Um, Vandy for sure. Tennessee, because like they're kind of coming on like, you know, on on the uh on the come up. But like you saw the stuff with Setson after he decided he was coming back. Like that right. kind of stuff. And people are already upset about it. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Um, all right. Let's get out of recruiting shit and talk about stuff that's actually tangible and fun. And there's fucking football this week. There is. Uh, all right. So, we decided to kind of take our own lists and talk about what are you looking forward to most about or do you, what do you have questions about for five right. SEC schools and then we're going to do three more national schools each. We did not share a list before this. It's one of our flaws. We don't we don't do a lot of sharing of information before the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's also good because if we both have the same question, or not even the same question, but questions about one school, maybe it's something to be concerned about. So you want to yeah. start or do you want to start? You start. And also, if you guys have any, um, you know, any comments as well? What you're looking forward to most? Any hot takes? Whatever you want to, whatever you want to throw out there, put them in the comments as well. Yes. Uh, all right. I'm going to start with Arkansas. Okay. All right. And my question for them is, who's going to emerge as the deep threat to replace Traylon Burks? Because Kendall Bryles' offense is really dictated upon defenses honoring the deep ball and keeping okay. them spread out. That's how his offense has such success. Um, Traylon Burks obviously was great for them last year. Um, maybe an all-time Arkansas Razorback uh, when it comes to the wide receiver position. Um, Trey Knox converted the tight end. Um, they Warren Thompson is very inconsistent. He is a deep threat, but he's not consistent with that. Right. Um, the X factor is obviously Jaden Hazelwood, the transfer from Oklahoma, former five-star, but. He averaged last year at Oklahoma, which I, I think is a very, you know, kind of air it out offense. He averaged 10 yards a catch, which is compare that to, to Burks, who averaged over 16 yards per catch every year yeah. while he was at Arkansas. Not close. And so uh, that's going to be who, who can step in and be an actual deep threat for Arkansas. Because I think that's I mean, what their offense is dictated upon. See, I think it's dictated off the run still. And KJ Jefferson, obviously doing as well or as good of a job as he did last year of not turning the ball over. Um, I, like wide receiver one can't have 10, like 10 yards per catch, just bottom line. That's like right. Slade Bolden numbers. I mean, it's, it's fucking terrible. Um, right. I wonder what Trey Knox is going to look like going to a tight end. Like you talked about, I, that's a guy that like I've been high on for fucking years and just hoping he's going to like break out at some point And he hasn't. Um, so I wonder what that looks like. But the other one is like, I, if it's not Hazelwood, I don't think it could be Knox because it's. I don't think it's going to be a, a a tight end like in place of a receiver. Right. It, like, is it going to be somebody in the run game? Is it going to end up being like what do you call it, Raheem Sanders? Is it like one of the freshmen they brought in? I don't know. I just think like the biggest question for me coming out of Arkansas is: Is the defense going to be any better because they have a very tough slate uh, ahead with that, with that schedule? So. Was that uh, one of your questions? One of your five questions is yeah. Arkansas yeah, thinks a lot. better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, we knocked out. We knocked out. The- one well, I mean, like, 
The main thing is the, I, I think we hear every year how great of a job the coordinators have done. And it's like, a, it's a massive resource for Arkansas to have Barry Odom there as a former head coach and all that kind of stuff. And he's not like a guy that's going to like desire a bunch of limelight or a bunch of attention or trying to go anywhere else because of the way everything happened at Mizzou. Um, I just think they've underperformed on defense, but talking to bumper yeah. pool at media days and, and, and bringing in somebody like Drew Sanders, who was a former five-star Bama and transferred out. Like he didn't lose his job to, you know, cause he wasn't good enough to play. I mean, he did, but it's cause he was playing behind Dallas Turner. So wonder what that looks like. Um, all right. The one, next one I have is for A&M and it's not about uh, the quarterback position. Cause I think that's too obvious. How does the defense look? Because Tim Elko's gone after three or four years at the DC and where they were constantly in like the top three to five in the SEC. Um, how does the defense look under DJ fucking Durkin taking over in college station? Because they have a lot of early or a lot of young talent. And if they can get on the field, I still think that's going to be a, a potential nightmare for some teams just because like games are always one in the trenches and that's where all of their five stars seemingly were. Um, same point, you can't play fucking eight D linemen. Right. So what does the defense look like there? They're good on the back end, but I wonder what they look like up front. DJ Durkin, is he the guy that like basically like murdered somebody? Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Shamed a kid publicly about uh, how fat he was and well, he, made him eat like- stickers or something like in front of the team. Yeah, he's a good coach, I guess. Uh, all right, so would have to, hold on, real quick. DJ Durkin <laughs> is basically who is the fucking dude from heavyweights? He's Ben Silla from heavyweights. Oh uh, yeah. Oh damn. Now that I'm on the spot, I'm not going to remember it. But Tony Perkis. Oh, Perkis. Yeah, Perkis. Perkis. What a movie, by the way. Fantastic, dude. That character is one of my favorite characters of any movie of all time. Tony, Tony Perkis. Oh yeah, go watch it again. It's fantastic. Oh, I've seen it. A whole bunch. <laughs> Lunch is canceled today due to lack of hustle. Deal with it. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. My next question. Old hold rest. on. Hold on. Hold on. Can we wait, talk wait. about the fucking ending to heavyweights? Because now I can't. I can't unfocus. <laughs> we talk about the ending to, to, to the movie Heavyweights. Remind me. Okay. One of the worst fucking lines in the history of of cinematic arts. Of, yeah, one of the worst lines ever. Um, at the end of the movie, when they win the Apache Relay and they get the trophy and the fat guy with the terrible hair, just terrible hair, throws it into the uh, into the lake. He goes, you're crazy, man. You're crazy. And he's like, you're right. I'm crazy. Uh, crazy about my gal. <laughs> and then like does the dip of that. That was the fucking yeah, that's worst. Tough. That is very tough. Uh not a great scene. No. I think anyway, that guy died. What's wrong with you today? Pat. I think Pat died. I'm, I'm, I'm Who's sadder than Hook? <laughs> no no pun intended. Dead serious stuff. Um, all right. Ole Miss. The simple question is, who's going to be their QB to replace Corral? Because Corral was pretty damn good when, when healthy, obviously. Yeah, Jackson Dart transferred in from USC ahead of spring. Everyone thought he might be the guy. Um, one great in the spring. I mean, obviously he was new to the system, but 
not necessarily what you would want to see as a, an Ole Miss fan. And then Luke Altmeyer, who played sparingly last year and was, again, okay as a QB, he was just okay in the spring as well. Mm-hmm. You've got playmakers at every single position. You brought in Zach Evans from TCU. You brought in Michael Trigg, a very athletic tight end, kept the give vertical, USC. You brought in um, a couple, you know, Jalen Robinson from UCF and uh, Jordan Watkins from Louisville. Plus, you got a couple seniors at the wideout position. Veteran O-line, four returning starters or guys that have a started. They brought in a transfer there as well. Defense should be better. Kiffin said that this is the deepest their D-line's been since he's been there. Secondary is a strength. But if your QB, especially for an offensive guy like Kiffin, isn't on the ball, I think you're obviously going to be very limited with your upside. Yeah, um, I the pieces are there. Who's actually going to emerge at QB to replace Corral? It's a big question for me. Why the fuck did Jerry and Ely, Ely leave? I don't know. Did he go baseball? No. I can't remember. No. He went he just, football? Huh? I don't did even he know. Did drafted? No. No. Um, I mean, that part was weird. I, I love Zach Evans. I think the story that'll be the highlight of this team, I think like the biggest name on this team at the end of the year is either going to be Trigg as a mismatch, especially in the red zone, or it's going to be uh, Zach Evans. Evans is really good. Um, yeah, very good. So we'll see. I, I don't know. And I, and, and I think Dart wins that, uh, wins that, that starting job. All right. For me, South Carolina, who becomes the actual targets, not just the go-to guy who becomes like the, the targets of that offense, because we've seen Kevin Harris be like the only guy, right? Um, Jeff Williams, fantastic question. Uh, we've seen him be the only guy we saw last. To year answer the question year. before you move on, mm-hmm. I wear a polo shirt like this pretty much every day to work, and I just throw on a hat before this because I like wearing hats when I'm not at work. Heard so, that, brother. Um, all right. <laughs> anything else about your fashion? Yeah. Um, uh, I guess I need to change it up, huh? It's, I mean, no, it's fine. Uh, Anyway, now I've lost my train of thought because of your your actions. Because of your actions of what you've done here today. Um, all right, so South Carolina, who becomes the go-to guy for Spencer Rattler? Uh, here's a stat I didn't know. Spencer Rattler is 15-0 as a starter. So how many games in does that break? Because it's not going to continue, I, I would think, undefeated. Um, I brought this up a while back in the spring. Like The amount of five-star, four-star players he has on the offensive line is significantly less than it was at OU. Same with some of his skill position uh, players. It ends week three this year, by the way. Yeah, against Georgia. Yeah. Um, everyone seems to be high on South Carolina. They're kind of just, you know, like Arkansas of the East this year uh, with, like, we love Shane Beamer. It's a super exciting time to be, like, a, a Carolina fan. Uh, I wonder how long that sticks around because, they, you know, they kind of overachieved last year. And, again, like, we're all pulling for him. My sister went there, like, Love Beamer. Hope South Carolina goes undefeated. Hope they beat Georgia week three. No offense, Georgia fans. But, like, your best options for, like, besides Josh Van are two tight ends. Like, are you going to run, like, a poor man's Georgia offense and, and try to keep two tight ends on the field the whole time? Like, what just what does that look like? Who becomes, like, the go-to guy? Or are they actually going to be able to spread it out amongst several players and have, like, a balanced offense? Because I think Marshawn Lloyd, the kid from Delaware – um, and no one recruits Delaware like South Carolina. 
I think that kid could be really good. He looked really good in the spring game too. I actually had one of my questions about South Carolina as well, and mine was, how good is Spencer Rattler? And I, I'm I'm saying good. maybe on the positive because I think a lot of people looked at that pickup and were like, oh, that's cool, like you know, former five star, but like not necessarily meh, but it's like ah, you know, he had a lot of off the field issues. Like I good almost work. think. Like everyone thought he was a total asshole. Did you ever watch? Oh yeah, he was an asshole. He was on for sure. Yeah, yeah. Not like I don't know if he got in trouble with the law. Just like people just weren't real fans of the guy. Right. To the point where you know he threw for three thousand yards, twenty eight touchdowns, seven picks his redshirt freshman year, and was the starter. Obviously, a Heisman front runner coming into the next year, and was he was just on a pace of he was fifteen hundred yards, eleven TDs, five picks, seventy five percent completion. And Oklahoma fans were screaming for him to be benched for Caleb Williams. Again, yeah, to also, your point, had okay. never lost a game. And right. I feel like people were just kind of like forgot about Spencer Rattler after that because now it's all Caleb Williams, all Caleb Williams. Mm-hmm. This is a pretty damn good pedigreed QB here that, that South Carolina got. And as we know, if you're very good at the quarterback position, well, I mean, your upside is pretty high. Um. I think people are excited about South Carolina. What's their over-under win total? Do you know? Um, I don't. 69? <laughs> nice. So we want Um But I, I, I think that, I mean, Rattler could be back to his former self, which was a, you know, former Heisman Trophy, at least preseason, watch guy. I mean... Okay, hold on, hold on. Here's the thing about Spencer Rattler. First off, he has the chance to be, I think he's well on his way, but he's basically Lane Kiffin, like for players in the SEC this year. A guy that everyone used to hate. I mean, Cannell came on the show. I was very outspoken and, and actually used the word that he was probably, he seemed like an asshole, which is, you know, because I'm very professional in this job as a journalist. Right. Um, I don't think that you see that anymore. I think he's become a leader of, of that team. You also have uh, some good upperclassmen, David Carter brings up the, the tight ends um, and he says that the, the win total over under six and a half. Okay. Rattler left with a 15-0 record as a starter and a 70% completion percentage career. Like, again, it wasn't like he was replaced by like some like, not in a rude way, but it wasn't like he was replaced by Stetson or like a, you know, a walk-on or a three-star. He was replaced by the number two overall quarterback and a top 10 player overall in the country coming out of high school and like a really, really good quarterback. Um, I, I, I mean, I think he has the, the potential to be really, really good. I just don't know what his supporting cast is going to be. Like, is he, is he like good enough to be like Corral was last year where it's like, he could put that team like on his back and, you know, and, and like go win you a ball game. Or is it going to be something where he's a little bit more of a, not a system guy, but like, you know, like the, the expectations that are for quarterbacks at OU, especially for the last five years, that's probably one of the reasons why those fans were so irrational about it. Wasn't Beamer a part of that, though? Yeah. Like just building that offense to be, I mean, obviously Lincoln Riley's the guy, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think this could be, I, I, I got trust that Josh Van is going to continue to increase his. I mean, he, he was really good for them last year, and Jaheim Bell's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, Marshawn Lloyd at, at running back. I mean, he's got some options, and I think 
Um, I got a tough schedule, and that's probably why the river under is six and a half. But I'm at least excited to watch South Carolina now for the first time in a while. Yeah, that's fair. All so, right, what do you, who should we go to next? Um, um, I've got two more. What do you have? Okay. How many do you have left? Like eight or like 12. I mean, it's like 17. Well, two more in the SEC. Okay. Um, all right, let me see which ones I want to do here. Because you just you did South Carolina, right? Yep. No, no, that was mine. That was mine. But I also they were also one of mine. So I can I'll start with Alabama then. You, you go on up a little bit. How fast is the O line, Joe? Oh my God! Because they were obviously the biggest question mark last year, as we all, we've talked about probably ad nauseum. Uh, they bring in Tyler Steen from Vandy, thirty three career starts. It is Vandy, so I'm not. I mean, I guess you could be a good O lineman anywhere, but I'm not like super excited about that yet. We'll see what he does. Um, they got a new O line coach, Eric Wolford. Um, Bama has what three starting new starting wide receivers. I mean, obviously Jacory Brooks was on the team last year, but he didn't start. You've got Jermaine Burton. You brought over Tyler Harrell from Louisville. It's going to take time, I think, in season for those guys to get going, and it would help if your O-line was doing well. You've got a very tough road game at Texas Mm -hmm. beginning of the year. Can they be humming at that point? Because as you have said on this show, you're worried about that game. Probably for that very reason. Here's the deal. I think the defense is going to be really good, but you also are unproven at corner. Right. And and you're young there too. And Saban brought that up. The fact that you had like a couple of super young corners, even last year, like not just because of injury, but in general. So they were limited and still are on how they're able to do a couple of things. And like the defense are allowed to call. Will Anderson's great. I mean, Henry Toto's is great. Jordan battles great on the back end, but like if you go to Texas and lose, which I think is possible, you look at this this schedule, then you got to go the rest of the year, man, and you can't lose a fucking game. Arkansas, A&M, Tennessee, Mississippi State, and that might sound like it's like not a big deal, but like at Arkansas, A&M at home, and then at Tennessee, at Ole you're Miss? Gonna... Yeah, but that's late in the year. Oh, I'm not even getting oh, that. You're just, saying the, yeah. you're just saying at the beginning, like yeah. just gelling and yeah, yeah. So you can't afford to lose any of those games. I, I think that it's – I don't think they lose Arkansas, but that stretch of having to get up for those three games in a row, like, cause everyone's talking about the A&M game. So you, you're, you could potentially be walking into a letdown game against Arkansas. Like, like I, everyone just kind of assumes that Bama's going to just coast through this year. And it's going to be like a, like the revenge tour thing. I don't, I just don't think that's what's going to happen. I mean, this is, this is going to have to be besides last year, probably Saban's best coaching job to keep everyone that focus. But also yeah. Will Anderson will probably just strike the fear of God into people. So there's a lot of chat about just golf in general now in the, in the comments. Chris swings real hard. <laughs> um, okay, you're up. Hold on. How did we go? Who, how did we go from who performs better at the NFL Combine, me or you? Which clearly would have been like me. Well, I mean, what events are you talking about? All of them. No. Yes. Besides having to take your shirt off, yeah, you would you'd win that. Uh, how about forty yard dash, bro? I would destroy you in the forty yard dash. There's no chance. Are you uh, okay? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. All right. Before we get off topic, let's go. Next team. Um. Okay. <laughs> I've only got one left in the SEC. 
All right. I mean, I could talk, could have talked about Bama for a minute, but okay. The one I will go with between these four teams, who overachieves? Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi State. Florida, Kentucky, Auburn, Mississippi State. Yeah. So, like, Florida, because I want to see what that offense looks like, because I, I think Richardson's going to be really, really good. Like, really, really, really good. Um, and I think he might be – that might be a scenario where he can but go – Let me ask you this before, before that. If he – like, I know there's a lot of hype, and he did make some big plays last year, but, like, I mean, we know Mullen is a great offensive mind. Like, why would he not play him more if he was, like, really that great? He started Nick Fitzgerald for four years. I mean, there's a lot of things that Mullen did that I'm not going to try to break down, like, the, the reasons why. Why does he not It's not like Emory Jones was, like, tearing the, the world on fire. Tearing I mean, the world on fire? That doesn't make sense. No, nah, not at all. It's really stupid. And if yeah. there was like a competition at the NFL Combine about how to put sentences together, I think I'd probably win that. Yeah, you'd win that for sure. Um, no, I just, I think that like, I said this today to somebody. Richardson has the ability with like his ability, just like he has the potential with his ability. I'm not comparing him to Cam Newton, but he has that kind of potential impact where he can be the only person on that team and still go win you games. Okay. They still have a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, I agree. So, um, okay, that was my question. So, who who uh, performs or overachieves? I guess because I think it's Mississippi State and I think it's Florida. I was gonna say Auburn just because I think everyone's expecting them to be a disaster. Yeah, I've been pretty high on Auburn too. I don't like it. <laughs> have you seen Calzada throwing? Like videos of him throwing, like at practice. Yeah, like you know. I mean, I, you know. all I know about Calzada is that. God, Jesus Christ! All right. Um, my last question: in the SEC, Tennessee, can they just take that next step? Because I think a lot of people, mm-hmm. I think there's like kind of weirdly expectations for Tennessee right now. Don't you get that vibe that like people are like, yeah, I, I kind of expect Tennessee to be like one of the better teams in the SEC East at least. I um, completely agree. I mean, I'm in that group. So. Yeah. Let's not forget that last like their defense really needs to improve. They yeah. they gave up over five hundred yards five times last year on defense. Um, Wait, what? Didn't ha- yeah, didn't have a pass rush. Uh, like Purdue put up five thirty five on them in the bowl game, which um, with a bunch of backups too. By the way, yeah, they need better play out of their secondary, which was awful. Um, they need a better pass rush, which would help the secondary. Um, also, with the offense, you know, obviously, I love Hendon Hooker. I think he's going to have a great year. But mm-hmm. last year was the first year Tennessee ran that offense or anything remotely close to that offense. They took the league by storm a bit. Teams are going to be more prepared for it this time around. Like, can they keep improving? Mm-hmm. Or are the expectations too much right now? So, and I'm not just saying this because Mickey Sheremy's here. Also, I'm just getting fucking dragged in the comments over here. My athleticism. Yeah, same. Um, so my question, like I came out of media days with the whole attitude that Tennessee is going to put like, you know, potentially win 10 games. I love Hendon Hooker, all the stuff we've talked about all off season. They, they returned 15 starters, a lot of experience back, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course they'll take the next step. Some of the same excuses, not excuses, but things that I've been saying, like 
fan bases shouldn't do just like, like Arkansas. I don't think you just expect to win eight games considering how bad that program has been at times. Like, I mean, you've lost eight games five times in the last decade. You've only won more than eight games, like, you know, twice. Um, and that schedule is like brutal. Tennessee, for whatever reason, a, a bunch of us think because of how good Hindenhooker is and how, how much they overachieved in year one. Do you remember what I said about Hypel on this on this podcast last year, what he needed to do? Fat and lose weight? He, I didn't say that because um, I would never do that. But, I mean, yeah, probably a little bit. Uh, I said he should go four and six. Or, I mean, sorry, four and eight. Like, don't win over five games tops because the expectations right. are going to be out of control. And now they are. And I think coming out of media days, I have, like, severely overvalued Tennessee and undervalued LSU because of the fact that Tennessee, you still play at Pitt, which I think is a win. Like, I, we all just kind of assume they're going to come out, like, at the first month, 4-0. Ball State, at Pitt, Akron, and Florida. Florida's at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then at LSU, that's like, that's a night game. That's a loss. Bama at home, that is probably a loss. And you're also talking Kentucky about LSU. will be a good could, game. What's that? Kentucky will be a good game. And then Georgia. At Georgia. Like, if you get through that and you only have two losses, then, like, you're home free. But you could easily have four losses in that stretch. Uh, Grayson says, uh, do you regret your UT over UGA pick yet? So here's the thing. Um, I didn't pick that. That oh. was, that was Connor O'Gara. We look very different. Um, I never said that, that the Tennessee was going to be Georgia. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I think I hope someone good. finds a clip of you saying that. That could happen too. Yeah. I mean, I forget <laughs> most things I say. Um, but no, that was not me. That was not me. All right. You want to do national real quick? Yes. Um, some of these may be a little obvious, but I just want to see USC. I mean, Lincoln Riley had immediate success at, at Oklahoma when he took over for Stoops. Um, you want to talk about remaking a team in one offseason, at least on offense? Caleb on, Williams at quarterback. Real quick. We need to touch on this real quick. So you're fine, Grayson. I mean to interrupt, but the Tennessee Florida thing. Somebody brought yeah. this up in the in the comments. Okay. Um, Tennessee's beaten Florida once in the past 17 years. So why do we assume that's a win? I don't think it's just automatically a win. I want to like be clear on that. I'm saying I think most people have just yeah. begun assuming that it's a win. Um, in the same same like mindset, I think a lot of people think South Carolina is just going to go down to to the swamp and, and win that game as well. I don't, I don't necessarily think that's true. So that's, that's my biggest question. Cause I, I think when you look at a team like LSU, like Brian Kelly's a much better coach than, than, than Josh Heupel, right? I guess. What? Wait, is that real? I don't know. Is it? I, you fucking tell me, do you think that Josh <laughs> Heupel is on par with Brian Kelly? Um, no, I, I, we'll see. I don't, you know, I, I'm on record as questioning the fit there at LSU. I think Brian Kelly has been a, a good coach, yes, better than Hypel. Okay, you went all around just saying that. Um, I think, I think that Kelly is obviously a better coach than Hypel. I didn't realize that Tennessee had a worse offensive line than Bama last year in terms of sacks allowed. And this whole thing with their defense has been a thing that they have like is followed Hypel everywhere where they give up a shit ton of yards because they're on the field for like 40 minutes a game. Anyway, 
Uh, back to USC. Mm-hmm. Again, you want to talk about remaking an offense and one offseason. Caleb Williams at quarterback, Travis Dye from Oregon at running back, Jordan Addison from Pitt at receiver, along with Mario Williams from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. On defense, they picked up Jacob Covington, one of the top corners in the um, portal from Washington. They got your boy Shane Lee from Bama, at linebacker. I don't know if he'll turn out there. Um, I feel like when people leave Bama, not necessarily a good sign, but we'll see. Um, like Saban's not going to have like one of their better players leave the team. I feel like. I mean, but they've got a lot of players. Like they've raved about that kid in offseason workouts and spring ball. I just, I mean, look, the Pac-12 is pretty weak. Uh, Oregon probably will be decent. Um, they got Bo Nix. But, like, USC could be right back in the mix of being relevant. I mean, they've – now, this is Joe Public, but they've taken on the most money as, you know, for championship bets this year. Um, yeah. What? Yeah. That was okay. that was said. Um, so, I just I'm just very interested to see – what they look like in year one and mm-hmm. you know if they can hold on to Mal- malachi nelson they're they're setting themselves up very nicely to join the big 10 um fuck the big 10 for one uh that's a good question do you think lincoln riley knew that usc was going to the big team and took that job my my question mm-hmm. wasn't about usc but i do wonder who is like who wins the Pac-12 and are they going to make that conference relevant? Because you've seen a lot of people kind of be high on, on Utah, especially after the Rose Bowl game yeah. last year. Um, I think Whittingham is one of the best coaches in the country. Oregon is still preseason top 10. USC is is like, you know, depending on where you look, they are like top 15 like area. Um, USC was four and eight last year. Mm-hmm. Four and eight. Do you know who they beat? I don't. Um, I'm looking at it right now. They beat San Jose State. They beat Washington State. They beat Colorado and Arizona. I not, not exactly murderers row there. No, you had one game last year that they lost that was within ten points. I mean, they lost by 18 to Oregon State. They lost by double digits to Stanford. Um, they don't return that many like starters from last year's team. It's not like there's some like senior laden team with like, like people weren't high on USC until Lincoln Riley went there. You know what I mean? Right. Isn't that a good thing though? If your team sucked that you don't have a lot of the players from. Sure. But I'm saying like there was, it wasn't USC was not going to be a part of like the championship picture, like especially in the preseason. No doubt. Until they also brought in all those. I mean, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, Travis Dye, Mario Williams. No one's done better in the portal than that. Those are guys, yeah. USC by far did the best in the portal, in my opinion. I don't know what the rankings say. Like because of, like because of the overall like star talent or star power. Yeah, or because I of- mean, Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison are the two best guys in the portal. Okay. Um, I mean, sure. I, I think that like going going forward eight, we've we've seen USC be overhyped before. You know, they're in the same division as Utah, right? Yeah, Utah. Look, I mean. Utah should be probably favored, but that's why I'm interested to see in USC because Lincoln Riley had immediate success when he he started at uh, at Oklahoma. I mean, his first year they played Georgia in the Rose Bowl, didn't they? Uh, I don't think that was his first year, but yeah, yeah, okay, it might have been. 
I mean, I'm pretty sure Lincoln was the quarterback, or that was 2017. It's probably an easy way to figure that out, but who the fuck was in between Lincoln Riley and Bob Stoops? Nobody. Lincoln Riley took over for Bob Stoops. Oh, then he was on the the staff. Um, okay, I don't remember that at all. Uh, all right, let me try to focus because now you've you've opened up a wormhole about Lincoln Riley. I'll look it up while you, yeah. Do that. Um, it's his sixth-year head coaching uh, overall. Anyway, I, I think Utah's the best team. Yeah, he started in 2017 at Oklahoma as head coach. Okay, so he took Oklahoma to a Heisman Trophy and a loss? In, in the, playoff? the Rose Bowl and the playoff. I mean, that's pretty good for year one, I would say. Right. Um, I would love to see what the, the – I wonder what their strength of schedule was like. I'm not doubting Lincoln Riley and what he can do with an yeah. offense. But if you have a defense that was already shit last year and they only returned three starters and you don't have anyone really coming in to like shore that up, you still got to play defense even though it's the Pac-12. And you're in the same division as the best team in that conference, which is which is Utah. Um, you don't Corey play Foreman, Oregon. Number one recruit was a USC commit. Okay. Defense vent. They were 4-8 last Covington. year, Tyler. Jacob Covington, one of the top corners, fill that hole, zip it up. Shane okay. Lee. You just said. You know what? Now big that reports that coming one, out. They got a, like an 18-year-old five-star from last year um, and that one like defensive back from the portal. They're probably going to go undefeated. All right. You're I bet right. you they they're lose be two games before their bye week because they will lose to Oregon State on the road and they will lose to Utah on the road. Okay. I'd bet against that. Okay, we can do that. A little, a little LBB. Um... Anyway, my question is, I think Utah is able to be good enough to get to the playoff. I don't know if that happens. All right, next uh, next big picture question from the National. What do you got? Miami. Yeah, I, just, I like that. I mean, look, I I, I hate Miami. Uh, probably more than I hate Florida. Maybe not. I don't know. Like the but, city? Or? Uh, I've never actually been really in the city that much through the airport, but – uh, but Mario Cristobal, obviously, it's a big story. What kind of success can they have in year one? They have a pretty damn good QB, so he walks into a pretty nice situation. And obviously, their NIL stuff is off the charts. They're top mm-hmm. five in recruiting now. If he has real success in year one, I fear what they could do. Not only – see, I think Miami's going to be a very big portal team as well because imagine if you played like – you were the best player at Kansas State, one of the best in the Big 12. You're like, it'd be sweet to go on the beach down and play my last year down in Miami. You know, I mean, have a pretty yeah. easy conference to play in, you know, easy path to the playoff. You just got to get through basically Clemson at this point. Um, I think Miami could have real success if if uh, they have success on the field this year, probably either way. But it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um. I completely agree with that. This is one of the things I said early on about NIL is the quickest route for teams that are former blue bloods mm-hmm. and like historically tradition rich programs. It's the quickest way for those, for them to get back. Cause you still have deep pockets. You still have fans that like, like that think, you know, I guess 2002 wasn't that long ago, right? Tennessee, like 98 wasn't that long ago. You still have people that like want, and they desperately want to get back to that. I wonder what that looks like because Miami's not a fan base that like shows up necessarily to the games. They show up on Twitter a lot. Right. And, um, and like, I mean, I'm not saying they don't have a good fan base, but I, I think, Chris, of all, you're spot on. He'll turn that around. Um, I don't know if that's this year, 
I'm, I'm not like, I would be shocked if they upset A&M. Yes, I would do. Uh, shocked. Yeah, I think yes. Jimbo does tend to get up for big games. That will be a big game, I think. But he just loses the weird ones. Yeah, that's not fair. not just, but he 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 can coach a big game. He he prepares well for those. So I I wouldn't be shocked. I'd be surprised. It's a okay. difference. Um. All right. My question is, I'm because I don't want to fucking touch Clemson. I hate Clemson. I don't want to get into any of that. Um. And you guys know how I feel about Texas this year. My question is, before I get like my second to last, does anybody challenge Ohio State? Because if you were asking me today, and I don't want to give this away, even though I probably already have, I think Ohio State is my preseason pick to win the national championship. And, yeah, I mean, they, they were a bad defense away from from being a really good team with all the talent they had on offense, right? Like, I mean, Henderson, Jackson Smith in Jigba, um, C.J. Okay. Stroud. Yeah, it's fantastic. Like, it, it's very hard to lose two receivers like Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave and still be this fucking – highly touted on one side, like that same side of the ball going into this year. And it's warranted, right? Um, does anyone challenge them? Because, you know, they have a chip on their shoulder. Brian Day's a really good coach. This record speaks for itself. Um, I wonder if they're able to get through the season unscathed, because if they don't, I don't know if they get the benefit of the doubt over a Clemson, over a, like a, a Texas um, this year, right? So does anyone challenge them? Or, like, like, or I just and or does that defense finally turn the corner and make them a complete team? Because they got Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, who was a fantastic coordinator. They ranked in the top five in almost every major category, you you know, of, of significance last year at Oklahoma State. He did that at Oklahoma, and you know, like the athletes they have in Columbus are a lot better than the ones they have in Stillwater. Yeah, Stillwater. Okay, so that's my question. What's your last one? Texas. Jesus Christ. I mean, look, Quinn Ewers, again, we've talked about this, was like the number one player to ever come through the ranking system when he was a freshman. Now, you had – he didn't beat out C.J. Stroud, but Stroud was a redshirt freshman last year, so he had a little bit more experience and ended up doing just fine. So you weren't going to replace him. But that doesn't mean Ewers isn't very good. They bring in another team that overhauled themselves in the portal. You bring mm-hmm. in the two Bama kids, Ajay Hall and Billingsley. Now, they both have had issues apparently with the Alabama program. You know, they're in the doghouse, both of them at some point. But maybe they were a little, little bit revitalized under Sark. You got the kid. A lot of people probably won't know this name, but um, they got a wide receiver from Wyoming that a lot of people wanted, Isaiah Naor. Oh, yeah. He's legit. Um, so, and as you've talked about, I mean, Sark is one of the better offensive minds, if not the best in college football. Mm -hmm. Um, they just have the number. Now these kids are freshmen, so maybe not towards the latter half of the year, if at all this year, but they brought in the best O-line class in the country last year, including two five stars along the offensive line. Obviously, you know, the defense is going to need work, but maybe in year two, they take another step. I just think, you know, you've got a lot more to work with in year two under Sark. And, I mean, a lot of people hate Texas, but I'd love to see him back. Much more I than just, I would Miami. Just say that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I won't get into Texas because, I've you know, I've, I've yeah. probably been a little bit uh, 
too much on that soapbox. Um, all right, I guess my thing is this. Who is the first team? Who's the Cinderella team from this year, right? Who comes out of nowhere and, and becomes like the team that everyone's pulling for in the country that has like the first big upset, which is my other question. Who has the first big, like what is the first big upset of the year? Like what changes the entire landscape of the 2022 season like in, in the month of September? And uh, I'm going to give you – spot a, is tough. What do you mean? Because I'm going to have to go look at schedules to see what major games we have to start. Right. So what I'm going to say is, um, in terms of upsets, I, I think the Texas-Bama one is, like I said, potentially one. Um, Miami going to A&M could be one. Yep. Um, I, Clemson – oh, my God. Clemson's schedule is a fucking joke. Yeah, it's. I mean, and they get NC State at home. I will say, I think that I think you don't see anything crazy necessarily week one. Like, I don't think Oregon upsets Georgia. Um, if I was to pick one, and it's not that huge of an upset because they're at home, they're only like a one and a half point underdog. Probably Auburn against Penn State. I think people are are kind of sleeping on them. Mm-hmm. But I'll give you a team from from a couple of the conferences that I think are going to have very good seasons and people aren't giving them enough credit. Somebody brought up in the comments, Grayson Long did, about NC State. I think that's potentially one. Um, I got one. Okay. And then – What about in, Notre Dame? Yeah, I think Notre Dame's going to be good this year. But Over Ohio State, State, game one. I don't think that happens. It could happen. It could happen. I mean, it could. Um, Maryland is another one in the Big Ten. I think that, that could potentially be a 10-win team with the – the people they have on offense. You're laughing, but you haven't even you haven't looked no. up it, any of their stuff. No, I was laughing at the text that we just received, but oh, cool. I probably overreacted. Fuck. Um, <laughs> so, is Maryland able to challenge anyone in the Big Ten? Right? Is NC State or Miami able to challenge Clemson? And like God, for the love of God, keep them down. Um, is there a team in the SEC that were like like an LSU? that has done an incredible job in the portal. And they, have, even though they have a first year coach, um, any of those things, I, I still think if you're picking, if you're pick, like picking your, your playoff teams today, and we'll do our official ones later, who would it be? I mean, I'd have to go chalk here with Ohio state, Bama, say Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like Clemson will probably get it back on track this year. Fuck. Hate that. I don't want that, but I think that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't, you know, you think about the teams last year, like does Michigan have it in them again? I don't think so. No, I mean, Maybe. does Nebraska do anything? For the playoff? Playoff? No, playoff? Just in general. Like, do you think they move the needle at all? Like, in, in... They're going to have to if, if he wants to keep his job. Right. Um, I do. I mean, they were like people joke about it, but like they were the best three-win team of all time last year. Like they had, they really were all these really close games that ended up not going their way, and that some of that could be luck at times. I mean, so you'd think maybe they are a little underrated coming into the season. It'd be nice to see. Yeah, I can see that. Um. All right, I'll give you mine. Okay. I'm gonna say Texas, Ohio State. Georgia. Fuck. I don't know if I, I should mean, say Bama. Yeah, you should. 
I don't, I don't, I just don't think they have an e- the easiest path out of the SEC. I, I think it's Georgia, A and M. Yeah, no, fuck that, fuck A and M. I think Georgia goes twelve and one or thirteen and zero, gets out of the SEC as the SEC champ. I think Ohio State's undefeated. I think Texas gets in at twelve and one and wins the SEC. I'm sorry, the Big Twelve championship. And it's between. I think if Utah or Clemson are undefeated, Bama's not going to get in. So I think there's a higher likelihood of Clemson getting in or Utah getting in over Bama. So my final four, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and Texas. And the national championship game will be Georgia and Ohio State. Ohio State wins. I can't wait to change so, my mind in two, two yeah, hours. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what we just, we're pre, that's the season preview. We're ready. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that was fun. That that got the juices flowing for football. Mm-hmm. It's you know, off season is coming to an end, which I love. We all love. That's why we're here. Um, we can end with a little fourth and wrong, or do you yeah. have one more? I can't remember. We we'll got one announcement, and then also we'll do a, a quick fourth and wrong. Um, all right. So the announcement is twofold. One, we still need you guys to give us the your suggestions of the first teams you want us to do preview stuff because we're doing two pods a week now. It's the first week we're doing that. It is. Um, we're going to try to get to every single SEC team, but not Bandy. We're also going to do Texas, a couple of big national things. So who should we do first on Thursday, I guess, or, or Wednesday, whichever one it ends up being. Um, the other announcement, the week zero weekend, we're going to do a meetup in Atlanta. And, have we planned it out? No, <laughs> no, we don't have all the details. But one of our, uh, one of my good friends, one of our listeners, um, David Booth, Booty, um, he's, you know, we were regulars of each other. Fantastic bartender, best margarita you ever had in your life. Um, he works at American Spirit Works, right? Uh, ASW Distillery and at the Battery. We're gonna rent out um, that space. We are gonna do a live pod. Um, and or a meetup, give away some bourbon, give away some whiskey, um, probably some fucking stickers, and get ready for the season. So the goal is to do it the Friday of the night before week zero, so August 26th, or the night before week one, um, and which is what, September 3rd? Yeah, that weekend. Yeah. I don't know exactly. So a shit ton of giveaways. Like, you know, We're going to drink. We're going to talk football. We're going to hang out. We're going to have, you're going to get so many awkward side hugs from me. Um, probably some handshakes from Tyler is more professional. Right. And, um, oh, good. Me and Liz are in a fight. That's fun. Uh, found out in the comments, huh? Yeah. It's a tough scene, huh? Yeah. Um, we need to get a little bit of a head count and, and figure out how many people would want to go uh, or would want to show up and what weekend would work best. So there's that. Love that. So, Keep that on your radar. Uh, end of August, early September. Trying to work out the details still. That's just we'll, the first of at least 75 meetups. Two to three meetups this year. Fantastic. I love yeah. it. I want to get out. Uh, <laughs> people have just been just bashing me in the comments, huh? Well, I mean, they someone said I ran a six second 40 yard dash. Which I don't think I could. I don't think I could do that. Um. Okay. Cool. Let's do a little fourth and wrong, and we'll get out of here. All right. Go ahead. 
put your comments in the in the uh, or put your questions in the comments. I should say. Ooh. I've got to navigate over to the Facebook page. Here, I got you. I'll start them. Uh, Willie Gray, what's your favorite cereal? Why is it Cinnamon Toast Crunch? I, it's weird, but I guess it's not weird. But I do love Cinnamon Toast Crunch a lot. I don't. When's the last time you ate like a cool cereal like that? A cool cereal? What are you fucking seven? Like Lucky Charms? Consider that I've one cool. Never eaten Lucky Charms in my life. I didn't get fat from cereal, so. Um, You've never had Lucky Charms, ever. Why I like that? cereal. I'm just I'm not a big sugary cereal. You're not like, a big like, leprechaun guy. I, I hate leprechauns. Yeah. Um, short people in general, they weird me out. Small hands. Um, I, I no joke. You're gonna think this is a lie, but Cracklin' Oat Brand is my favorite cereal. Jesus Christ, <laughs> that is on God, bro. On um, God. I honestly thought that I was hosting with my former co-host when you just said that that is a that is a surprising pick out of you have you ever had it no don't knock it until you try it uh mine's grape nuts but you have to mix it with like you just bashed me on mine and you picked grape nuts it grape nuts are better than what you just said you never even had mine crackling oat bran crackling oat bran it's like seventy dollars a box. Just say you need help pooping without saying you need help pooping. Like oh. you just like you just need some fiber. Bro, bro, I don't need any help there. All right. Okay, Jesus Christ. You ever seen um, these hands? Yeah. <laughs> no problems here. Um, <laughs> I think I. But I mean, I like Cheerios. That's fine too. I do like Honey Bunches of Oats. Be some. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's a good one as well. Okay. Um. All right. Off next one. Start. Um, still, still navigating to where we need to be. So, Tyler, uh, two questions. This is for you from Nick Jones. He says, "How many times do you poop a day, and how much money do you make before taxes?" I'm, I'm fucking with you. Um, <laughs> somebody said, "What's the hardest you bomb doing stand up?" Oh. Oof, I've never done stand up, so it's easy for me. In 2012, I was paid to. $150 to headline a show in Covington, Georgia. And they were like, so we want you to headline do like 45 minutes. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I can do that. I've, I did in like an hour before it, There's no fucking way it was good. Like I, cause it was too early on in, in my like stand up career to have done that. I drive to Covington with Jeff Colby, Brian grooms and my buddy, Corey Kane. I go on stage. It's in this like awkward fucking like American Legion, like dance hall type place. Like it, it was like an event space, but in Covington. Does that make sense? Doesn't feel like there'd be a lot of events in Covington. There were not. And they were, it was awful. So I get up on the stage that's like awkwardly too high. It's like 10 feet off the ground. Everyone's way below me. And they're in like folding chairs. All the lights are still on. I'm supposed to do an hour. I get up there and 12 minutes in, I made a joke about Jimmy Buffett. And they, like you heard audible groans and people got really upset. People started walking out in the middle of the set. People were like very offended that I hated Jimmy Buffett. So like Damn. the rest of the show, I was like, just fucking just this laborious entire like stand up. It was awful. I'm just trying to get through it. And so I finally just was like, all right, you guys have a good night and just run off the stage. They gave me my check and I go see my buddies and I was like, they're like tough night. That was not your best. And I was like, that was fucking awful. How long was I up there for? Like an hour and a half. They're like 25 minutes. 25 total minutes. That's, so a, that's just, a long set. I was supposed to do an hour and they paid me like actual dollars specifically for that. It was awful. 
It was awful. Uh, uh, booze in the chat. <laughs> Favorite Dorito flavor. Ooh. I'm a cool ranch guy. I'm not going to lie. Um, oh, here's a fun fact for the show. Mm-hmm. Liz says that's how you guys started your Bumble conversation, or she started it. Yeah. She said, sure. cool ranch or nacho cheese, and I sent her a picture of my dick, like right away. <laughs> just right away. <laughs> really um, reeled her in. Really just reeled her in. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's like how, how some like like Tinder nightmares would be. Um, I think I said nacho cheese, but I, I don't really like Doritos. Interesting. All right. Uh, let's see. Who can down the most beers during an outing at Top Golf? And if you could pick a music playlist while there, what genre of music would you choose? From David Carter. You asking me? That's for both of us. I can outdrink you. I think. How many beers do you think, like, if you're really getting after at a Top Golf, let's say we're there for four hours, how many think you would down? For four hours? Yeah. Do I have like, do I have like any, like an assistance? Let's say we went up there to catch the South Carolina Kentucky game, watch the full game while we Top Golf. How many beers are you polishing off? You've got an Uber, free Uber to get home. Like, there's zero chance I'm going to get in trouble. Let's say you can't get like, collapsing while you're trying to walk out being carried out but you're like definitely can't drive very drunk i could easily i mean 20 20 beers what kind of beer like bud light not 20 15 yeah you probably cannot drink i think you're underestimating how much i used to drink used to that's the key that's i have kids i'm a father too i've got problems now so i gotta drink them off you know yeah, um, I, no, I think I get out drink you for sure. Yeah, uh, if you could pick a music playlist while there, churches. I think you. I think you trapped. Obviously, trapped. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you can't listen to rap while you're golfing. Probably early '90s country or churches. But if now, here's the thing. This is this is the main factor into this. Like, who's sadder than Marler? Like, how sad am I during this this four hours? Has like Bama just lost? All right, let's do both scenarios. Let's do Bama just beat uh, Texas A&M by 30. Yeah. Okay. And there's not any sad country playing? Minimum 15. Now now Bama lost to A&M by one at the last minute. I, man, probably. And there's sad country playing. Oh, yeah, over 20. Like, what that night would end up with me, like, not remembering how I got asked to leave because I'm sure I would have been asked to leave at some point. Um, throwing up in like in a front yard, possibly I might've done that on Friday, texting you <laughs> at like three o'clock in the morning saying that I'm, we're not doing the podcast tomorrow. Uh, easily, easily 20 easily. Oh man. Well, as Seth Nixon says, uh, just judging by this conversation, I can't wait for the meetup. Yeah. It's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> and that's hard liquor folks oh yeah oh fuck okay yeah yeah I mean, we have to be careful that. that yeah um, all right good work all right cool yeah this has been good remember we are now twice a week going forward through the rest of the season so that's yeah, gonna be fantastic fucking preview hurry up not you then 
Oh. Um, so go subscribe to the YouTube. Go rate us five stars. If you haven't done that, you need to go do it. If you've done it, try to do it again. Maybe this thing is like a, you could do it once every couple of years. Um, how many bars have you been asked to leave? Lillian said. Um, there's been a few. You? I probably um, physically ejected twice out of two different bars in my life. Those were nights that I'd like to. I actually did forget for the most part. I mean, I like I was ejected from jobs at, at bars that I that I had. Like uh-huh. so, just in that case alone, there's a lot of times in my 20s too, though, where like I would start the night with like multiple four locos and then go to like Buckhead Saloon. And just ask them to play like, yeah, like Lee Greenwood the whole night. And they'd be like, hey, man, can you get the fuck out of here? Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, and then wow. you punched a woman in the face. What? Just kidding. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going right, to get off. out of here. Five stars on iTunes. Go subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe again. Let's get this thing to the moon. Let's take this thing to the next level this year. Shut. Just, just tell Please, us who we should preview. you. Yeah, tell us who's... And Chris is gone. All right, everybody. For, for Chris, I'm Tyler. We'll catch you guys later. See you.